listening to the Fable 411 podcast, produced by the City of Fable, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Gab McRoberts. And I'm Sherry Kropp. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. Well, February 19th through 25th is National Engineers Week, so we thought it would be appropriate to invite some City of Fayetteville engineers to talk about what they do and share some insight on the engineering field. Our guests today are Alicia Lanier and Matt Noonan, who are both engineers in the Public Services Department, and we're so happy to have you both today. It's good to be here. Now, I know the city employs numerous engineers um, in various departments throughout the city, uh, which range from positions in construction management, traffic services, streets, and public services, um, and, and stormwater. I know both of you work in the public services uh, department in the stormwater division as environmental engineers. Um, but Matt, Let's talk about the the broad uh, range of engineers. Well, you know, the city has a lot of civil engineers, you know, from traffic to streets. But in reality, there is a very broad branch of engineers throughout the country, ranging from, you know, environmental to electrical, mechanical, even aerospace engineers. And quite frankly, that there's so much diversity in the field that it's really hard to just generically say, hey, we have this type of engineering anywhere in the country. Now, you both are environmental engineers. So what sparked your desire to want to become an engineer? You know, why, and why did you want to become an environmental engineer? And, and I'm actually really considered a water resources engineer, mm-hmm. and, and the bulk of my work has been around water, uh, anything to do with water, wastewater reuse, uh, stormwater, obviously, and water, uh, drinking water, water quality water quality. Um, I'll tell you, it's kind of a, I'll try to make the, the, the story real brief. I didn't actually start in engineering. I started in psychology because I was very interested in people. Uh, I always thought I would make a really good project manager and you have to know about people. Um, but then my first sociology class, I thought this was, this was going to kill me. And, and I had friends (laughs) in engineering and, you know, I had a mechanical engineer friend and he, you know, he was trying to really encouraged me to go into engineering. And I, and I found bio and ag engineering, which uh, coming from a farm was really the only, the only engineering that I could, re- that resonated with me. So bio and ag engineering are really getting known uh, in North Carolina. That's, that's the, the department where a, a lot of the top leaders in stormwater, um, stormwater design, stormwater management are coming out of that because it is such an in- interdisciplinary field. And so that's, that's one thing that Matt was trying to say is it's really hard to say why anyone, you know, where any one uh, engineering f- field is. And, and uh, it's, it's becoming um, highly interdisciplinary. No, I mean, it's true. You can have a project where you literally have an electrical engineer, a mechanical engineer, a civil engineer, all within the same project performing different scopes of work under one roof in order to get a project done and it takes a lot of people coming together because there's so many ways a project could fail or somebody could not think about something and i know like you know a structural engineer or or civil engineer might think about one thing but another engineer will come and say you know what about this and you kind of come in together and and identify the best way forward and best solution to have a quality final product Mm mm-hmm 
And in stormwater, really, if you think about it, you know, uh, we've got that prime example on Person Street, Green Street down here. That that was designed and built by engineers, but also included our Parks and Rec staff. And, and mm-hmm, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have to understand the plantings, the management of the plantings once they're in. Um, we have to, you know, work with the streets engineers in, in terms of managing the traffic through there. So that's a great example, I think, of, a, of an interdisciplinary project. And, and for our listeners who may not know uh, about the Person Street uh, escape, this was a project, as I recall, with NC State uh, to kind of do a study on how to improve um, stormwater. Because one of the challenges you have with stormwater is if you have a lot of concrete, that water doesn't get into the groundwater. It, you know, it just goes into the streams and then we have high water. You know, it doesn't take much to have overflowing creeks. So they were experimenting with different ways to kind of have. So when you go down Person Street, you have these, I guess, cutouts near the parking spots with a lot of greenery. And if you notice, it's recessed, what, about two, three feet below street level. And that's where that water can go and it can temporarily pool and then kind of percolate down into that groundwater. And it's been highly effective from what I understand. But like you said, it took many different types of engineers to come together to do this one project because this is, has to be a functional street as well. So you got to bring in traffic engineers to make sure it can handle the traffic mm-hmm, loads mm-hmm. and, um, you know, civil engineers, make sure it's going to meet the needs of our community. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very great example. And if you haven't been down there, I strongly encourage next time you go driving down person street, south of the roundabout, take a look as you go. And it's a, it's a very lovely uh, streetscape as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's uh, there's some city signs out there that kind of give a broad scope of what's going on and kind of explain the different treatment processes that are going on below the surface. And that was a great segue into my next question that I had for them um, about the different types of engineers that we have in public services. Um, like, you know, for you have to plan sidewalks and do surveying and um, all different kinds of things like that that you all have to work together on, sometimes on, on many projects. Um, what are some of the types of work um, that the engineers in the public services department do? Well, when you look at the traffic services department, really their goal is to keep traffic flowing, make sure roadway designs are adequate, make sure our streets hold up, and kind of maintain our roadways. One of the main things they do is pavement preservation. They go throughout the city, they look at different streets, they rate them, they give them a grade, and they try to prioritize what treatment is necessary. Do I need to repave it? Do I just need to, you know, seal the road slurry seal or do i need to reconstruct the road completely Mm -hmm. you know and also they go out and they look hey do we have any sidewalks um where can we add them is it feasible Uh, what what kind of budgets do we have can we really increase the transportation both through motor vehicles but also through pedestrian pedestrian traffic so that's that's a good say traffic um also stormwater too yeah because you got to use your engineering skills to kind of predict the future you know, how long will this, you know, road hold up? Will the stormwater infrastructure support, uh, you know, the storms that we might be seeing in the next, you know, coming years with uh, as, as we get hotter and wetter summer months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the pavement pre- preservation uh, management, and that's prioritizing where we go in and do the paving. I, I kind of wanted to, you know, uh, also throw in – out of the watershed master planning program that we're doing so you know a lot of people are involved in that and and uh we cut across our um, departmental groups uh traffic is involved 
you know, there's a lot of people with institutional knowledge, and so people may not have that title of engineer, but um, really, you know, 30 years ago, they would have been grandfathered into uh, getting a registered a registration um, just from what they know. But one of the big projects that have come out of the Watershed Master Plan, and, and this has gone to cancel, is, is what we're calling the Russell Person Street Bridge Replacement and the Stream Enhancement. And uh, that actually is going to dovetail really nicely with the Person Street um, Greenscape. So that's a huge project. Uh, we obviously, you know, it, it's, it's about a $20 million pro project. So we've actually successfully completed a BRIC application, which is a really big federal grant. We're number five on, their, on the state's list, so it's sounding really you know, promising that we may get that project. And so I'm bringing that up because if you think about who has to be involved, we've got we're, we, we're, uh, one of the bridges carries you know, road and railroad, CSX. You know, so we've got railroad engineers who are going to be involved. We've got bridge engineers. Uh, we're doing stream enhancement. We're going to have to have uh, stream geomorphologists. You know, so not even just sticking to engineers, but we have to we have to overlap and incorporate a lot of disciplines. And a lot something of moving like pieces. A lot of moving pieces mm -hmm. and things that are happening behind the scenes that but people don't realize. Even segueing back to what he was saying about planning for the future, the watershed study isn't just for you know specific projects. Now it's a master plan to identify problems throughout the entirety of the city. You know, we have problems here. All right, well, let's plan ahead and see if we can figure out a solution in the next decade, two decades, however long that may be to, you know, really fix our infrastructure and aging infrastructure. And I know that became a big focus, especially if anybody was here during Hurricane Matthew and some of the other hurricanes where we had a lot of uh, flooding. I, I think, which one was, was it Matthew, the one where we had the really localized flooding, even though it was one day of rain? Um, and then we had another event where it was spread across a whole week but you know it was more that flowed straight into the Kafir River so we had less of the localized flooding as we did maybe the the year prior. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of spots where we just get flooding during a, a very small event and we have that consistently happening across the city and so this this plan is really to help more I mean you know we we can't afford to, to fix everything to, to uh, protect us from the hurricane flooding but definitely those uh, smaller events and day-to-day um, we also are considering, you know, we're including the, our looking ahead, this forward, future forward thinking. We're including the unknown about, you know, climate change and what's going to happen in the future with temperature and, and with uh, extreme events. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're incorporating some of those factors into, this, into the study elements as well. And um, putting a plug in for the green infrastructure again, you know, the city has a goal of, of minimizing urban heat island effect mm -hmm. and um you know the nature based solutions really go a long way and they they require engineering support so not trying to do too much of a plug for that but that's what i love and i know <laughs> um one other thing that you are among many things that you you all do um is uh, oversee like construction, public and private um, construction to make sure that those developers are um, being responsible and following all of those rules. Talk about that, Matt. So the, the biggest pollutant, the most major pollutant in North Carolina is actually sediment. So we have a group of inspectors and we have plan reviewers that go through and we make sure that each development is really maintaining you know, erosion control, make sure they're not sending their dirt and runoff in the runoff into our storm sewers or they're not 
impacting negatively our water bodies. And we actually have a stormwater ordinance that we enforce for development, which limits the amount of impervious area, which is, you know, water that doesn't allow water to permeate through um, on each site. So once you cross a certain value, we require every, every amount of water that you generate from your impervious area be treated before it leaves the site in a stormwater control measure. So if you go around, you see, you know, you see a, a retention pond, you'll see little areas dug out with a little box at the end. Those are designed specifically to treat stormwater runoff before it gets to our uh, water bodies. And I know that can be a big concern for a lot of people because, you know, I, you hear people talk about a new development that's coming in and they're concerned about the water flowing off from that, you know, because of all that construction, then that water now is flowing into their backyard and that's causing... Uh, a, a big messy problem for them to fix. That's exactly why they're also required to limit the quantity. So if you come in and you clear out a, you know, ten acre plot of land that's undeveloped and you develop it, you're not allowed to create more runoff than was already previously running off that site. So we we do regulate the quantity as well as the quality of the water. Well, we got about a minute left in our our episode. I just want to. I know we got Engineers Week coming up. What advice do you give to young students or young people who are considering perhaps a career in engineering? What would you say to them? Well, I'd say if you're driving around and you see something that you want changed or you see something like, oh, I think I could fix that, you know, kind of research it and say, hey, I think I could come up with a solution to that problem. That's and ultimately how I ended up in the field, you know, watching flooding happen, watching, you know, dirty water flow. It's, that's what brought me into the field in the first place, just trying to fix problems that I see driving around. And I, w- I, would tell, I would tell them, go ahead and try it. I mean, just really try it because you never know where your journey is going to take you. And I've probably had six careers all related somehow. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the advice I would give. Well, awesome. We thank you both for what you do. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize, and you have such an impact, um, and we appreciate it. So if you know of an engineer, thank an engineer on the week of February 19th through 25th. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. The Fayetteville 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fayetteville, as we provide timely and informative updates on a variety of topics related to the city of Fayetteville. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fayetteville, available on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And you can listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fayette TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. And you can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get information about city services, go to our webpage at FableNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.